We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, local office. Is local office more important than higher office? Is serving your neighbor locally in small government more important than running off to Oklahoma City or Washington, D.C. and and being a big deal in big government? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. All right, today's topic is local control, local responsibility, local government, running for local office. I've had many people ask me, why are you running for county commissioner? Why in the world aren't you running for higher office? Now, I've talked to you about this before on the show, but today I want to dig a bit deeper and explain why it is important to focus on local government, and that if we don't do so, all of our efforts at higher office, quote-unquote, are dust in the wind. They're worthless because we're giving away our freedom. We're going to the top of the pinnacle, the top of the pyramid. We're focusing on hierarchical government rather than covenantal government, and when we do so, freedom is lost. So when you keep focusing on the president's power, electing the right president, when you keep focusing on your senatorial races or your congressional races, when you keep focusing on the governor, you're focusing on power. A senator, a governor, a president, a congressman. This is all about power top down. And when you do that at the expense of local government, local representation, we've got it backwards. At the, at the end of the day, we have to control our own lives. Otherwise, our lives will be controlled by someone else. So that's the point of today's show, is to try to talk about, I'm going to try to focus and zero in on this issue of covenantal government versus hierarchical government, and why it's important to focus on the covenant, the agreement, the handshake, A man's word is his bond. That, in essence, is what a covenant is. And if we could all just live together with that level of integrity and respect for one another, then we don't need higher office. We don't need a king to rush in and tell us how to live our lives. So that's today's show. Essentially, we could title it, Why I'm Not Running for Higher Office. And I'm going to explain to you one more time why this county commissioner thing that I'm involved in right now is important and why I've decided to do it. It's not just because I want to be a county commissioner. I'll cue you in right now, give you a, a little secret. I don't. I'm not interested in being a county commissioner. So why am I doing this? That's today's topic. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. 
So again, I guess we could title today's topic, Why Am I Not Running for Higher Office? And I put higher office in quotation marks there. Now, if you listen to the show and you, and you um, are not aware of the fact that I'm running for county commissioner here in the state of Oklahoma, Osage County in Oklahoma, I'm running for county commissioner in District 1. Um, there was a primary, obviously, a Republican Party primary. There were four candidates in that primary. Now, in that primary election on June 28th, I took 46.1 or 2 percent. And the incumbent took about 38.1%. And the other two candidates split the remaining 15% between the two of them. As the result, they're bumped out. And the two guys that came in first, neither of us taking 50% plus one, are now in a runoff. And that runoff is August 23rd. So if you're listening right now and you do live in Osage County District 1, remember that. Get out and vote on August 23rd. All right. So what's the point? Why am I doing this in the first place? Uh, well, it, it, the context of this is a few months ago. I think it was back, uh, oh, in November or thereabout, November of 2021, uh, I received a phone call from the county sheriff, the Osage County Sheriff. And he, he basically straightforward asked me to run for county commissioner here in Osage County. Why? Because he said he wanted a conservative a true and trusted conservative, and he wanted a Christian, somebody with Christian morality and Christian integrity, to run for that particular position. So I thought about it, and I said yes. And (laughs) uh, proved I wasn't very smart, I guess. I said yes. Now, I had said no to a ton of overtures in the past about running for political office. Um... I've said no to running for the Senate. I've said no to running for the Congress. I've said no to running for the superintendent of public instruction position here for the state of Oklahoma. I've said no repeatedly, and even for local House representative or House, excuse me, or Oklahoma Senate, you know, at state level. I've said no to those. So why in the world would would I say yes to county commissioner? Now, because, you know, I served as a university president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University for some 17 plus years, um, I I think this adds to the confusion. Uh, People are saying, you were a successful college president. Uh, Why would you want to be uh, a county commissioner? You're overqualified. Why aren't you running for higher office? Well, my answer is essentially this. I don't want to be a county commissioner. My entire career was in the academy for 40 years. For 40 years plus, I served in various leadership roles, culminating in, like I said, just shy of 20 years as president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. And I was a conservative in in the academic arena, conservative college president, a very rare and nearly extinct animal, I might add. And because of my conservative thoughts, my conservative writing and speaking, my conservative leadership within the academy, I caught the attention of some political kingmakers over the course of my career. And they would ask me uh, about running for various different offices, as I've said, at both the state and federal levels. And like I've already said, I repeatedly told these people no. Uh, There were times where I would get stupid and think about it for five minutes and meet with 
a group of folks in Tulsa or Washington, D.C., who were saying that they would get behind me with money and with uh, PACs and uh, organizational support and that type of thing. But I said, no. I said I had zero interest in all of that. Why? Well, frankly, there's nothing about the political arena that seems attractive to me. Now, you may be surprised by that because I talk about political issues all the time. I mean, I kind of make a living doing that, writing and speaking and doing radio shows and podcasts, either as the host here on The Rebellion or as a guest on other talk radio shows across the nation. Um, So people, I think, are surprised when I say I have zero interest in getting involved in the political arena. I don't mind political commentary. In fact, I enjoy I enjoy challenging bad ideas, and I enjoy defending good ones. And that does get every one of us involved in politics. You can't stay away from it. Sidebar, I hate this argument like J.D. Greer is putting out there right now, where somehow um, it's the right that's guilty of bringing politics into the church, and the left or the progressives, well, they're not political at all. That in and of itself is a political statement. Almost everything is political. Or you could put it a different way. Who decided that the definition of human life is political? The definition of marriage is political. Who decided that redefining um, the weather and calling it climate change and global warming? um, Who decided that that was political and not scientific? I mean, who decided that that, that all of this government overreach is political or non-political? Who, who, why is the church running away from all of this? Why aren't we calling this stuff biblical rather than political? Or why don't we just admit, if you want, if you want to go down the political path, why don't we just admit that everything's political? I mean, the duplicity of the progressives right now denying that they're involved in politics and accusing you and me of being political is just nonsense. Um, all right, so, but the political arena is a different thing. The campaigning, all the self-promotion, all of the inevitable conflict of pitting one group against another, the gossip, the rumors, the lies, uh, the political arena. No, I don't want any. But I don't want anything to do with any of that. None of this is a, <laughs> is attractive to me. So over the years, I've I think wisely dodged all the overtures of these folks act, asking me to run for higher office. I've dodged them as if they were the plague. But like I said, until last November, when I received a phone call from my local sheriff asking me to run for, listen to me right now, local office. So why? Why did I agree to do this? That's an obvious question. Why would a guy who's been a successful university president, someone who's been asked to run for Congress and the Senate, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm not boasting, I hope that doesn't come across that way, just trying to put the context of higher office versus local service. I'm, I'm trying to put that context, the context uh, clearly before you. So why? Why would I run for county commissioner? Well, like I said, the first answer is I don't want to run for county commissioner. And uh, as politically ill-advised as it is to admit this in writing or on radio or a podcast, I'm going to continue to say it. In fact, I've had political advisors tell me, stop saying that. Stop saying that you don't want to be county commissioner. Well, I'm not going to stop saying it because that's that's the point. That's a critical point. And if we can't understand that 
that uh, paying a, paying attention to somebody who says, I don't want to do it, but I will, um, might actually lead us to hiring or electing the right guy rather than the wrong guy. I think we're, we've got a problem. If there's one thing I learned over the course of my administrative career as a college president, vice president, it's this. There's a big difference between someone who wants a title and someone who is willing to serve. Do you hear me on that? I'm going to say it again. There's a big difference between somebody who wants a title and someone who's willing to serve. The best person is nearly always the latter and not the former. The best person is almost always the one who's willing to serve but doesn't care about a title. I had a sagely old mentor named C.B. Kola who served as a board member at Oklahoma Wesleyan University for 100 years. He once told me, the leader you want is the one who doesn't want the job. Did you hear me? The leader you want is the one who doesn't want the job. Being willing to serve your neighbor is always a much higher call than wanting something for yourself. And when someone says they really want to be a senator, or they want to be a congressman, or they want to be a governor, or even if they want to be a county commissioner, I've got some advice for you. When they say that, be very leery. Be very leery. You should be looking for the guy willing to do it even when he doesn't want to. This is almost always going to be the right guy for the job. You hear me on that? And that's what C.B. Cola taught me back at the front end of my college presidency. Always look for the guy who's reluctant, who doesn't necessarily want to do it, but is willing to do it because it needs to be done. So do I want to be a county commissioner? No, I don't. I have no career ambition to be a county commissioner. That's not my career goal. It's not my dream job. The reason I'm doing it is because I was called and I was asked to serve because things are broken and they need to be fixed. But here's, here's another reason why I'm running for county commissioner, rather than Congress or whatever other higher office. And this is a, a bit deeper. This, this is a deeper reason than perhaps the first thing. I don't know if it's deeper or not, but let's just, uh, let's just run with that. I'm, I'm running for county commissioner rather than a higher office because I'd argue that the higher calling is serving locally rather than running for higher office. Do you hear me on that? I think the higher calling is to serve your local community, to protect local authority, local property, local autonomy. I think that's a higher calling than running for higher office in many ways. Let me explain this. So, this is a bit of a repeat, but I want this. This is so important. Hear me on what I'm going to say next. Local control and local responsibility are the cornerstones of our constitutional republic. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Local control and local responsibility are the cornerstones of our constitutional republic. I've told you in previous shows that George Washington cited Micah 4:4. The Old Testament book of Micah, the prophet Micah, chapter 4, verse 4. He cited that passage of the Bible over 50 different times in his correspondence with his peers during our founding era. 
So as he was communicating with John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton and John Jay, George Washington cited Micah 4, 4 over 50 different times in his letters, correspondence, etc. Now why? Well, let's go back and read the verse. Each man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree and shall not be afraid. Close quote. Micah 4, 4. Now, as I've talked before on this show, it seems kind of like kind of a weird and obscure verse, doesn't it? Why was that so important to our founding father? What was his point? I think it's pretty clear. It's your vine and your fig tree. It's your ranch. It's your house, your fence, your property, your village, your family, your county, your church. Local government is where your freedom is born and preserved. And we need not be afraid, in the words of that Bible verse, we need not be afraid of losing our liberty if we elect leaders at the local level who understand this. But if we elect leaders at the local level who don't, they become little Napoleons and tyrants, and they start stealing all of the above. Your ranch, your house, your fence, your property, your village, your county. They start stealing all of this because they want power and they want money. They have an ego. And they can do things to take away your freedom. And they can do it as effectively, if not more so, at the local level than they can even at higher levels, quote-unquote. And COVID proved that to us. We saw these little Napoleons, these, these mayors of local uh, communities, of small little towns here in Oklahoma that decided that they were going to tell everybody how to live their lives. They were going to tell us when we could leave our homes. They were going to tell us whether or not we could run our gas stations and restaurants or whether we would shut them down. They would establish laws as to when we could jog in the park. They would tell us what we had to wear on our face, whether or not we could visit grandma on her birthday. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not making any of this up. This was happening. This was happening. The mayor over in Venita, Oklahoma, was notorious for acting like he could control everybody's lives. And this is happening right now, even at the county commissioner level. And they may do it overtly in the, in, in the face of a crisis like COVID where they don't even care that they show their cards, or they may do it covertly by, by approving programs and expenses that actually result in your property taxes going up and that type of stuff. Thereby, they covertly start stealing your property through higher taxation. Or they establish laws and rules that make it difficult for you to just enjoy your vine and your fig tree, your ranch, your gate, your home. So I'm not running for state or federal office, first, because I don't want to. But second, I'm not running for higher office because I believe freedom starts on the farm, if you will, if you'll accept that alliteration. Freedom starts on the farm. It doesn't start with the federal government or the state government. Freedom starts right here at home. Liberty is local. Legislation from afar always results in more laws and less liberty. Okay, now I'm getting this from G.K. Chesterton. I'm going to quote him right now. My language is this, legislation from afar always results in more laws and less liberty. G.K. Chesterton told us, representative government cannot be remote. Close quote. If you want representative government, if you want to be represented, 
then it can't be remote. It can't be away from you. It has to be resident within you. It has to be local. So legislation from afar results in more laws and less liberty. If you want more liberty and less laws, you've got to have local control, local legislation, and you've got to elect people that are interested in protecting private property and personal rights rather than those that are power hungry. And if we don't fix things locally, all of our efforts at the state and federal levels, like I said earlier, are dust in the wind. Liberty starts at home. And our freedoms are lost if we don't have local leaders who understand that their jobs, their jobs are to serve and then leave us alone. Leave us alone. You have to elect local people, mayors and sheriffs and city council members and county commissioners that are honest, that'll tell you the truth, and you have to elect people that really don't want the job for the job's sake, but they're willing to do it to serve. To serve what? Serve their neighbor and serve the cause of liberty. Preserve freedoms. And you preserve freedoms by by understanding the difference between a hierarchical government and a covenantal government. Hierarchical, top-down, people at the top who've been elected and cherish their power and their positions, telling all the rest of us what buildings we're going to be build and how we're going to and how we're going to spend our money. Too much of it, I might add money that they don't have and they don't care because they'll just tax you more to cover their mistakes. And yes, it does happen, even at the local level, if you hire, quote-unquote, i.e. elect the wrong people. So the bottom line is this. If we don't get our local act together, the American experiment will go the way of the dodo bird. We've got it backwards. We're throwing all of our money and attention at Washington, D.C. and Oklahoma City while our backyards burn. We've got to get our local house in order. This is the heart and soul of our founder's system of government. That's why George Washington said to John Adams, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, that's why George Washington said, Every man shall live under his own vine and his own fig tree and shall not be afraid. Our system of government, the magic of the United States of America, is private property and personal rights. And none of that will be had if we give over our private property and our personal rights to men who don't care about those things but just want a job. You know, I've told you before that Oz Guinness taught me at the Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics when I studied there a few years ago that good government is always bottom-up. It's never top-down. I'm going to give you his quote again. If you want freedom, always vote for the covenant. Never vote for the hierarchy. Now, Oz Guinness said that to me the day after the Brexit vote. I I was in England at the time. I was at Oxford, and The Brexit vote had taken place the day before, and I was walking to class that morning. Now, if you remember, Brexit was the move to exit the European Union and all of its restraints for Great Britain to to reestablish and reaffirm its autonomy. 
its sovereignty, that it wasn't going to be told what to do by the European Union, economically or otherwise. Now, there was a division. There was a division in the United Kingdom, in Great Britain, over this issue, and it basically was along white-collar and blue-collar lines. The smart folks, the white-collar folks, they were for remaining in the European Union. It was the working class, the fisherman, the farmer, the rancher, the factory worker, that wanted to exit, thus the word Brexit. I got to class that morning. I was early. Ozaginis was there, and I was there. We were the only two. He had his cup of tea. I had a cup of coffee. I had an opportunity to just spend a few minutes with one of my heroes, my mentor, Oskinis. I asked him if he was still able to vote in Great Britain because he's British, but he's lived in the United States for decades. He said, no, I have forfeited my right to vote in Great Britain by virtue of my residency in the United States. But without missing a beat, he then said, but if I could vote, I would have voted to leave, not remain. I would have voted to leave the European Union. And I was stunned because Oz is white collar of white collar. He's the brilliant of the brilliant. He is Oz Guinness. And I was stunned that he would side with the working class. And I asked him why. He looked at me and he said, Everett, if you want freedom, always vote for the covenant. Never vote for the hierarchy. The European Union, Belgium and France, etc., are hierarchical, top down. The Magna Carta, the American Constitution, are covenantal, bottom up. Covenants, covenants are about honoring your neighbor, minding your own business and keeping your word. Hierarchies are about power and control. And local office is impacted by, affected by that reality as much as any place else. And in fact, it probably hits your life quicker than any other type of government. Because if you've got the wrong type of person as mayor or city councilman or as a school board member or as a school superintendent or as a police officer or a sheriff or as a county commissioner, if you have the wrong type of person that's more interested in power than service, more interested in hierarchical authority than he is about a handshake, telling the truth and honoring his neighbor, if you, if you elect the wrong type of, type of person that wants the job rather than is willing to serve, you're going to suffer the loss of your freedom. The founding fathers understood that only by making government the servant, not the master, only by positing sovereignty in the people and not in the state can we hope to protect freedom. They understood that. And you know what? That's a quote from Ronald Reagan. So let me read it again as we close the show. The founding fathers understood that only by making government the servant, not the master, only by positing sovereignty in the people and not the state, can we hope to protect our freedom. Reagan is saying it. Sovereignty in the people, local control, local authority, local integrity is the only hope for protecting our freedom. And that's why I'm not running for higher office and I've agreed to serve as county commissioner. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.